It's Monday, Pulse Check listeners. We've got another week full of congressional hearings and other events. Our team will monitor Biogen's first quarter earnings on Tuesday, followed by a Senate Judiciary hearing on Wednesday on what's happened to abortion rights since last year's Supreme Court decision. Also on Wednesday, the House Oversight Committee will discuss China's illicit financial support for drug cartels. And the House Energy and Commerce Subcommittee on Health will discuss ways Congress can support transparency and competition to lower health care costs. This is Pulse Check. I'm Catherine Ellen Foley. Officials from the Department of Veterans Affairs said Friday that the agency will once again delay its electronic health records modernization project, this time indefinitely. The delay will likely extend the modernization project beyond its 10-year timeline. Problems with the system have led to over 1,000 patient safety events, including four deaths. Senate Health Committee Chair Bernie Sanders plans to convene a May 10 hearing to listen to testimony from pharmacy benefit managers and executives from top insulin makers. These companies have previously pledged to lower insulin prices, but Sanders says he wants to ensure Americans have access to affordable insulin and that Congress lowers prescription drug costs. And House lawmakers from both sides of the aisle have proposed a new bill that aims to reduce care in hospitals and increase it in homes to address Medicare's financing problem. Ben Leonard explains the potential impact as well as concerns about how realistic this plan is. Thanks for having me. So with the backing of a wide group of healthcare organizations, House lawmakers unveiled a bill late last week that aims to move more medical care into the home. Can you tell me a little bit more about what's going on in this package? Yeah, so uh, Representative Adrian Smith, a Republican from Nebraska, and Debbie Dingell, a Democrat from Michigan, introduced this sort of sweeping package. It does a lot of things, but sort of the big picture is to try to reduce care in hospitals, get people more into the home. For sort of these, I've heard it described as sort of like the lower end of hospitalizations where it's, you know, not quite as intensive and, you know, there's a potential to improve quality of care advocates, say, in the home. Things like infusions, dialysis, you know, more lab tests, and kind of shaking up the structure of care, you know, allowing an option for place of the fee-for-service structure that's in place right now to allow doctors to receive sort of like a monthly payment to care for patients in the home. And would also offer some about 12 hours a week of home health workers in the home to offer personal care services. So it's a pretty broad package that um, ultimately hopes to sort of reduce costs and bring more care into the home. So it sounds like what you're saying is broadly, its main goals are to sort of eliminate some of the hospital hair time, which can be pretty expensive. Is there anything else you think the bill is really trying to achieve? So it's costs are a big thing. You said hospitalizations can be pretty pricey. And they argue that if you treat patients in the home early, you may be able to reduce costs over the long run. It's also just sort of what, you know, a lot of people want. Not everyone wants to go to a hospital, you know, an in-person facility to get care. And, you know, Debbie Dingle said that people want to be in the home where they're with people they love getting care. One argument I've also heard for it is that it sort of shifts the dynamic. When you're in your own home, you feel more empowered. So it really sounds like what you're saying is there's both potential cost-saving measure as well as shifting some of patient care to be in a setting where patients are more comfortable. Do health economists agree that this would save money? Right now, there's not a ton of data out there right now. This is a pretty novel proposal. There are waivers during the pandemic that allowed hospital care to be delivered at home, and those were extended through the end of 2024. CBO has scored those as costing $5 million over the next two years. The economists we talked to for the story said there's largely potential for cost savings, but depend on the execution. Some of them were a little bit concerned about the cost of personal care. They say it could potentially be a little more pricey. 
What about this other factor that we've sort of written about before, where the healthcare sector is really struggling with workforce shortages? How could that impact this legislation's ambitions? Legislation offers grants to health systems, home health agencies to try to boost the workforce, basically get more healthcare workers um, available to care for people. And Dingle called for basically just paying healthcare workers more. There definitely are some concerns that some of the experts we talked to raised that saying, you know, it could either potentially help workforce issues or could potentially exacerbate them. One argument is that tech like remote patient monitoring and telehealth could make it easier to scale services. You don't need to be sending someone to the home all the time. You can just check-in via video visit or with data tracking. But some of the other provisions, sort of like the lab testing and at-home primary care, might people to be more in the home is what some of the experts said. This is such a new and untested area. Sounds like we've got some backing from healthcare organizations. We've got some division among like external experts. But what do we think about the support of this legislation in Congress in general? What do we think about its chances of going forward? It's interesting. It's a rare bipartisan uh, compromise on an issue. There's a lot of concern about Medicare's move towards insolvency, which could come in 2031, a recent estimate said. There's definitely interest in tackling healthcare costs, and this could be one way to do so. The more senior lawmakers help shepherd this. There's no shortage of industry backers here. And the leader of this coalition pushing this, the Moving Health Home, is Krista Drobak, pretty prominent lobbyist who used to work for Dick Durbin, and she's kind of shepherding this. Well, thank you so much for your reporting and for walking us through it, Ben. Well, thanks so much for having me. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Afra Abdullah and Annie Reese are our producers. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. Jenny Ament is the executive producer of audio at Politico. I'm Catherine Ellen Foley. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting. There's Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening. 